0: hey guys, welcome back to life changers um, I told myself I was going to record this episode today it's just, I think I'm just having a really really hard time but doing this podcast makes me really happy so I'm trying to push through everything that I'm feeling right now and just try to record this and get this out by Sunday this is not how i expected to feel while i was recording this and i think i really want to be in a better mood but i want this podcast to be very raw and authentic and real and that means there are some days where i'm not as excited about life and that's okay but like i said i'm just gonna push through that feeling and do it anyways because this podcast makes me really happy and i think i just i need something to make me happy right now so anyways welcome to episode three sorry i'm waiting for buster to stop drinking his water Sadie! (laughs) Come sit down. So, welcome to episode three. This is the second part to my three-part ED series. I hope y'all are having a great morning, afternoon, night, depending on what time you're listening to this. I want to thank you for taking time out of your day to be back in this safe space with me it absolutely means the world. Before I start talking about anything, I want to give the same trigger warning that I did in last week's episode. Because it's important to me that I don't make anyone uncomfortable with the experiences I'll be discussing, so I want to address this now. I'll be talking very in-depth about my own mental health and the experiences, thoughts, feelings that I had in residential treatment, partial hospitalization, and the psych hospital. I want to be very vulnerable and open to talking about both the good and the bad, so please listen at your own discretion. I have to say, I'm not making this video in efforts to trigger anyone purposely, but this topic is very important to me, and I feel like I owe it to myself to share my story and conquer that embarrassment and shame I've been feeling for a while. All right. So let's get into this this is the part where i tell you about my treatment experience i'm not gonna lie i've been so anxious to even make the outline for this episode because this is probably the rawest i've been since actually being at the residential house but like i've said before it's so important for me to be vulnerable and honest with people Not only to prove resilience, but to prove to myself that I can let go of the fear of being seen. And starting this podcast has allowed me to let down my walls for everyone to see me for me. So this part of my journey started with a very early flight to the California airport. Which honestly wasn't bad at all because during my landing, I got to watch the sunrise next to the ocean and it was absolutely beautiful. I remember that moment of landing and thinking how the sunrise was symbolic to the journey that I was about to embark on. I think it represented the light that was going to shine on my life again. Because for the first time in a long while, I had a glimmer of hope that this decision I made was going to be worthwhile. And now looking back at it, it absolutely was. Once I landed. I took an uber to this giant house that was down this long windy road, and I remember walking up to the front door with all my bags thinking, what the hell did I sign myself up for? My first day is honestly just a big blur, but I'll do my best to sum up what I remember. I remember meeting so many nice strangers, patients, therapists, counselors, diet techs, a dietitian, and the director. Everyone greeted me with a smile and invited me into their space like family. That was the only good thing about that day. I remember being given a couch seat and a plastic bin where the world's largest binder sat. For context, this is something that everyone got. It had all of our rules and guidelines, a program outline, and some therapy tools to use like a feelings wheel and such. The most I remember from that day is crying, like to the point where my jacket sleeves and face mask was full of tears. Even with being supported by this super nice nurse all day, I couldn't shake this intense feeling that my whole world was about to be flipped upside down. I couldn't stop thinking about how I wasn't in my physical safe space, I was surrounded by strangers, I was given a strict schedule that i had to adhere by and had no control over anything and no one trusted me like i hated being monitored 24 7. just to give you an example of what that looked like i would literally use the restroom with the door open of course i had privacy like no one was peeping but the staff would look at the toilet before i flushed every time and all jokes aside that is their job but still they saw my poop and i was not happy the last thing i remember is getting sent to my room for quote-unquote bedtime and looking at the ceiling from a twin sized bed hoping that i'd wake up at home the next day so the big question that i've yet to answer is what is my diagnosis well i wasn't really told exactly because their rule was that they weren't going to tell you because of the possibility of hyper focusing on it during treatment but I do know my initial diagnosis was PTSD and anorexia and I was previously diagnosed with severe anxiety and depression so you can kind of add those to the list. In my personal opinion, I think I have PTSD and avoidant restrictive food intake disorder but that's just from me doing my own research and knowing myself. I kind of want to touch on how the program was structured Not to full detail, but just a general overview in case someone that's listening is curious about how it worked. The program had everything scheduled by the hour, and a day in the life would probably look like waking up and doing hygiene, then prepping our breakfast, eating our breakfast, getting vitals taken, our vitals were taken quite often especially for me because the nurses would watch out for my high blood pressure so it was a little bit more monitored then we would go outside for a walk i'd have some form of group therapy then we would prep for am snack eat am snack there'd be more group therapy then we'd prep for lunch have lunch after that we probably had like two more therapy groups then like you guessed Prep for dinner and of course eat dinner. After that, we had assignment time, which this time was designated for us to do like therapy homework and other assignments that we needed to complete in order to like level up in our treatment plan. By leveling up in your treatment plan, you get more privileges and stuff. Um, if you had the privilege already, you would get a phone call time, which was probably like 10 minutes. And the last thing of the day was snack prep, like p.m. snack. And after our last snack, we would do hygiene again and then get ready for lights out. I'm so exhausted just trying to explain all of that. You can just imagine how full our days were. Like, there was always something to do. And for some reason, even with all of that going on, us patients always found time to read, play games, um, listen to music, go outside, etc not every day was exactly the same there were certain days out of the week where we would change it up so there was one day a week where we would get blood work done for every week that you were there there was one day a week where we all cooked dinner together with our dietitian depending on your treatment level we would have opportunities to go out into our community like once a week For example, one of my outings was going to a rocky beach in California and visiting a record store, which was super sick by the way, and I brought home so many rocks that I actually still have in a mason jar in my bedroom. We also had the opportunity to go on restaurant outings once a week. I say that we had the opportunity because you have to request it, but no one really liked to do those because it was really hard, you know? trying to be in public. Eating is already a stressor, but to have to finish your meal and just the anxieties and everything, it just, those were hard. And we also had family and friend visitation time on Sundays. For me, those were always Zoom calls because my family was like, what, 19 hours away. Excuse me, I burped. So yeah, I hope this kind of helps y'all visualize what the experience was like, and kind of how the program worked. Um, But again, I'm missing a ton of details. That's just kind of like a rough outline of everything. During my time at the house, it didn't take me long to really let my guard down and realize that I was surrounded by so much love and acceptance, both from the staff and other patients, especially from the other patients because we were all on the same boat and really understood each other and where we were coming from. After about a week living at the house, I knew that this was going to be the best atmosphere for me to grow in, and I could be my most authentic self, and I truly was, like, these people saw right through me. With every day that passed, I would wake up thinking, I have nothing left to lose, so eventually I just stopped feeling so defensive and closed off to sharing who I really am. When I finally let my guard down completely, I was able to build connections with those around me and I made friends who I shared fun in significant times with. Like some of my favorite things to do with my friends was throw ice at the outside of our house and play Rummy Cube. And I loved the few times we got to play Just Dance. They were very limited, but it was very fun. I have so many good memories, like so many, but with all of those ups, came a lot of downs. Not only was I actively recovering from an eating disorder that was literally eating me alive, but I was having issues with the relationships I left in Texas. Halfway through treatment and in the same week, I lost two vital people that made up my support system, my girlfriend and my dad. To add some context, I was the one who decided to end my relationship with Caitlin. And now, after we've talked about it and kind of processed that point in time, we both knew that that's what was needed. I did this because I was across the country trying to get a grip on my own life. And in that moment, I really needed to focus on only me. It was a selfish decision for the best. And I think that point in time really strengthened our relationship and it gave us so much time to grow as individuals. A few days after that, I had a scheduled family therapy session with my dad, which consisted of nothing more than us screaming and my poor therapist just watching both of us lose our minds. And after that hour, I made the decision to alter the relationship with my dad. And by that, I mean building a resentment towards him and using that as motivation to better myself. I'll be honest, that probably wasn't the healthiest way of looking at that situation, but if I can be completely honest, not speaking to him really helped me think for myself and I was emotionally better off depending on my own word than his. I bring this up for a reason, because this added a significant amount of stress to what I was already experiencing and in the end made me more resilient than I ever thought I could be. These were two moments in time where I put myself first and these decisions catapulted me to continue making decisions to put my well-being first and, in my dad's case, prioritize my own happiness instead of pleasing others. I want to talk about the feeling of finding a home with a group of people who started out as strangers. I want to recognize my treatment team first. I will always rave about how awesome my team was. Like, we had our moments where we beefed. (laughs) We did indeed beef hard. But at the end of the day, I knew that every decision made prioritized my well-being and my overall happiness, even if I didn't see it in the moment. I got extremely lucky with who I got to work with and share this experience with because I knew they genuinely cared about how I was doing. I remember going into this experience thinking I wasn't going to build connections with the other residents or really anybody, and I was going to be judged for my vulnerability. And I was quickly proven wrong and ended up making the most significant friendships I've ever had. We were all so vulnerable with each other and wore our hearts on our sleeve. It took some time. But after I shared my life story with them, I was rewarded with so much love, support, and encouragement that the worst was over and to me, this was a new start. To turn around and walk towards the life that I've always wanted for myself. I feel like a broken record, but I am truly so grateful to have met the people I did and build friendships and connections with people who wanted to know the real me whether it was their job or not, I always felt accepted. So if any of y'all are listening, I am so so happy to know you and wouldn't want to have experienced what I did without y'all or with anyone else. I'll always be here for you to support you and to cheer you on from a different state. Y'all are truly fucking phenomenal people. I spent exactly one month at the house when they told me that I successfully completed the residential program requirements, and with that, the next step was PHP, which stands for Partial Hospitalization Program. At the time, I had mixed feelings about this. I was upset because I was already so comfortable with the residential program and now they wanted to kick me out and push me back into the real world. like. No, I did not feel ready for that just yet. But on the other hand, I felt like I had done so much work to be deserving of this accomplishment and I should be proud of myself for getting this far. That positive feeling quickly followed by fear because I had just lost what felt like my entire support system and I couldn't face the life I left behind just yet. So where do I go now? I got extremely lucky and blessed because one of my friends gave me the opportunity to room with her and to enroll in a PHP program in California and to not have to go to Texas just yet. So after planning the logistics on Valentine's Day, I was discharged into the world. And once again, my ship was rocked hard. So now I'm going to talk about The php program and let me just explain the program first it honestly was scheduled like a school day i was in this office like clinic um for eight hours of my day six out of the seven days of the week doing individual therapy group activities and i had scheduled meal and snack breaks it sounded like a breeze at first because i went from a 24 7 monitored treatment house to having more freedom with my schedule but no this was the ultimate test to see if I could still keep my focus on program while having the distractions of the real world and if I can be so honest I think I failed miserably. I won't spend too long talking about this part of treatment because if I can be honest I feel like the treatment team at the php facility I was at didn't help me like the way they were supposed to and I think that escalated the destructive behaviors I was working so hard to manage. It felt more like a business than the home that I had just left. Let's just say I didn't feel genuinely supported by anyone there. Every day felt like I was standing alone in a room full of people and I didn't feel comfortable enough to confide in anyone in my treatment team. So I spent about one month in PHP, and each day that went by, I started feeling worse and worse. It started off with feeling lonely, externally and internally, which eventually led me to question my life and the thought of even wanting to be here. Because these feelings weren't very unusual to me, I began to revert to the way I had always used to cope with it. I started using the same substance I'd been using since I was 19. And since I was in California, it wasn't that hard for me to find what I was looking for. So that wasn't very helpful. I was at another point in my life where I felt like I needed to have this every minute I was awake just to feel something other than numbness. Essentially, it was my motivation that helped me stay alive. This dependency became stronger as the days went on. It led me to start consuming at all hours outside program, morning and night. Then I started skipping program to use and explore my surroundings, which now that I talk about it, I am very embarrassed to say this because I never considered how dangerous my actions were until after the fact. And obviously I don't ever wanna do that again um, because I really was playing with fire and really putting my life and other people's lives at stake which is something that I'm definitely not proud of by any means but I just but I have to call myself out on it because I did do that I was getting into trouble with the PHP team because I wasn't showing up so at that point I decided to start using during program To make my days less horrible because keep in mind at this point in time i hated program like hours felt like weeks and i was more than over it i just didn't see a point in anything there was no point in me going to treatment because i didn't want to be alive anymore so why am i working towards something that's not going to matter i had a lot of extreme thoughts which made me make a lot of extreme decisions at this point i couldn't not use and my life was more in question than ever before i remember spending so many hours sitting on this cliff by the beach wishing i had never been me like i didn't want to be me anymore word about my si in substance use spread to the php team and it didn't take long for them to call me in and tell me that they had to discharge me due to my poor actions which I had already kind of knew was coming but what I didn't know is that I would get put on a 5150 hold and be forced to quote-unquote voluntarily admit myself into a local psychiatric hospital and if I didn't do this, I was going to be escorted by the cops quote-unquote involuntarily and just make the situation a bigger deal than it needed to be. When they told me this, I was fuming. I hated everything, I hated everyone, and I remember thinking I should have ended things when I had the chance. Now, I understand that it was part of their job to make this decision, but I also think they could have done a much better job about explaining the process to me because I just felt so blindsided and so useless and hopeless. Now looking back, I understand that they did that for my safety and all, but in the moment, because I had no support from my PHP team, it just felt like once things got bad, they just kind of looked at me and said like, Oh, this is something we don't want to deal with. So you got to go. I'll admit, I did self-sabotage the spot I had in PHP. And in the moment, I wasn't grateful for the opportunity I had because I know that not everyone can get this kind of treatment. But I was just so disappointed in the lack of support I had from the facility that was supposed to help me continue the amazing work I did in residential. Overall, my PHP experience did not go as I expected it to, but with that, I had a great learning experience and this was a big stepping stone to where I'm at today. So with this 5150 hold, I was escorted from the PHP Center straight to a county psychiatric hospital and when I was there, I truly felt like just another number, not a person at all. We were in questionable living conditions and we were given low quantity and quality foods which really, really triggered my ED. I was at that location for about a day before the treatment team there um, realized I had insurance so they contacted EMS to transport me to a private owned facility where my insurance would be built the next two days were filled with silence I sat in the same room on this small twin-size bed with one sheet and one blanket that smelled really really bad and I used that time to think about my life and my future, and that time really, really gave me perspective on everything. On my last day at the second hospital, I finally talked to a therapist and was approved for discharge. And a few days after I was discharged, I got a one-way ticket home and decided to start my life over again. Everything about my discharge from PHP to leaving california and coming back home felt like it all happened in a blink of an eye but even with it happening so fast like i i learned so much honestly i think i had the biggest wake-up call ever like even though i didn't complete the entirety of ed treatment which is like residential then php then iop that didn't stop me from continuing to take the steps to work towards recovery on my own It has been so much harder than I could have ever expected it to be, but here I am, nine months later, not letting my ED consume my life as much as I used to, and it feels so great to say that because I've been able to manage despite everything that happened in the second half of my treatment. I feel like I kind of rushed through the psych hospital portion of this episode, but I just feel like... 90% of the time that I was at both hospitals, I was just sitting on my bed staring at my wall or staring at my ceiling or trying to sleep to make the hours go by faster and to see the next day and hope that I'll talk to a therapist or talk to somebody who can um, work with me towards the next steps of getting discharged. Um, So I don't really have a lot to say about that. But I do feel like with all that silence came a lot of self-reflection and just really thinking about things from all different lenses. It was honestly the biggest wake-up call I've ever had. Um, And I think as hard as it was, it was something that I needed to go through. At the time, it felt like a punishment. And to me, I felt like I deserved it. I feel like I had been doing a lot of off-the-wall things that I shouldn't have been doing. And so I kind of deserved going there. Um, but it also just like made me feel icky because I feel like, for me, that was something that was really hard to go through. And for others, that was their saving grace. I met so many people who loved being at those hospitals because... They weren't out on the streets. They had some kind of food. Um, And I think the few conversations that I had with other patients in those hospitals really, really opened my eyes to appreciating the things that I do have, you know, because the thoughts and feelings that they had were thoughts and feelings that I've never had. And I would hope that I never have, you know, like I've always had a roof over my head, I've always had enough for myself, maybe not right now, I'm going through a really, really hard time, but overall, like, I think I've tried to make sure that I always have that for myself and to hear their point of view on their treatment at the facility and things that they've done, like, I don't know, it just put a lot into perspective, it put a lot into perspective and it made me feel grateful for everything that I did have. And really, really helped me think about how I don't want to take anything that I have for granted um, because I do have an amazing life. And as hard as it felt during those two months of me being in California, um, they weren't hard enough for me to end my life and to not be here, to see my life through, to see my life grow from those hard times. So, I just feel like I should give y'all a little piece of my mind from when I was there and just kind of how I thought about things. And I spent a lot of hours, a lot of hours sitting and thinking and crying. (laughs) It was, it was something. (laughs) I, I don't know. I feel like sometimes I try to block out that part of my life because it just like sounds crazy to think about and to reminisce on but i did learn a lot about myself and what i want and learned how to appreciate i think that's the key word here to appreciate everything that i do have so yeah a few days after getting discharged from the second hospital i packed up my things got a one-way ticket home and decided to start my life over again all right so this is where i stop this episode Um, because in the next episode, I want to talk about, I want to talk more about the things that I learned and to share my advice to anyone who wants to listen. Um, next week's episode is really going to focus on my perspective on things since after discharge. Um, and just really four words that I want to give y'all, um, just, you know, things to think about. I'm sorry. I'm feeling really spacey and just like i don't know it's been a it's been a hard day like today the day that i'm recording this it's been really really hard i'm trying to trying to do the best i can um and i could record this on another day where i'm feeling a lot happier and less stressed but here we are so i will stop it here if you are listening I commend you because I feel like this episode might be a long one. I am 45 minutes into recording this and I don't know how much of this I'm going to edit and cut out. So if you're still listening, thank you. I really appreciate your support and I am so glad to have you in this space with me, like I mentioned in the beginning. So much love for y'all. I feel less lonely when i record these podcasts and even if i don't know who's listening even if i don't know how many people have listened um it's just nice to know that there's a potential that someone could be listening and i won't feel as lonely as i have been for the past few weeks so i will go ahead and end it here thank you all so much and i'll see you next week bye guys